Want more Hamish in Paris? Download the Hit app. This is the show. Want more access to exclusive prizes? Become a VIP at hit.com.au. The end of this week, one of us is attempting a world record. Yeah, we just don't know which one of us because right now we are conditioning and we are training for a challenge and the (laughs) winner of that challenge is going to be the one who gets to be part of this world record and, of course, obtain a certificate for for their office desk. Yeah, that's right. Uh, And bragging rights, of course. Yeah, obviously. Uh, Now, we had a chat to a guy called Michael Aspinall the other day and he's actually... Uh, the guy leading the charge with this world record attempt. It's the world's longest spin class. We're on stationary bikes for 30 hours. It's going to start early on Saturday morning mm-hmm. and run through until midday on Sunday. The record at the moment is actually 27 hours. They don't want to just beat it. They don't want to just inch over the line. They want to smash it by three hours, hence the 30-hour spin cycle class. Yeah, which is scary. And every time we actually talk about what this challenge is, yeah. something inside of me recoils and just <laughs> I turn into a little child <laughs> hiding in a dark, dark room. But I want that certificate, Haim, and I think I want it more than you, so you're going down. Yeah, so the deal is there's only one bike seat available for us, but we have one butt each. That's two butts, one seat. Mm. We We cannot divide the challenge. One of us has to go for it. We both want to do it. So today we've decided that we need to do a little bit of butt conditioning. Why? Well, Michael first brought it up when we spoke to him on Friday. Yes, I'm definitely butt conditioning at the moment. I'm harding it up for this epic battle that we're just going to go through. Okay, regardless of who is actually going to do this uh, between the two of us on uh, starting Saturday, we need that butt conditioning. Yeah, we're both butt conditioning because tomorrow, Haim and I are racing off against each other on these stationary bikes. Whoever goes the furthest in five minutes will get that seat in the challenge. And, of course, we want the best of us two to go in yes. because then they'll achieve this world record. Mm-hmm. I, my butt is unconditioned. Yeah. How's yours feeling? Uh, my butt is uh, is unconditioned too. Well, the reason we're asking about each other's butts is we have got, thanks to World Gym, a couple of stationary bikes in the studio. They were delivered yesterday. Mm-hmm. We have placed them so we can still uh, <laughs> do the work that we're meant to do this morning, but also pedal. Are you pedaling over on your side? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, good. am I just so graceful that you can't tell? Well, I can't really tell whether you're pedaling really? or not, to be perfectly no, honest. Absolutely... How much resistance do you have on your bike? Oh, like none. None. Me too. This is Butt conditioning, not leg conditioning. Come on. And that's probably the game plan on the weekend as well, is to just spin the legs over. It is a spin class, though, and I have been researching a few of the rules. And uh, Michael, who is leading the class, he's holding the class. When he says, say, get out of the saddle and start pedaling hard, you have to do that. It's like a spin class. It's just that your standard spin class will go for, what, 30, 45 minutes? This one is going for 10 times that. Yeah. So, yeah. well, probably more than that. Uh, well, look, so, let's be honest with ourselves, Haim. Yeah. It'll be a relief if we get asked to stand up and get out of the saddle for <laughs> a will. little bit. It of will. But relief. All right. So throughout the show this morning, what we're trying to do is get uh, three hours of butt conditioning uh, yeah. under our belts and under our butts, so to speak. Three hours? Yeah, I would say definitely under the belt. So if we get through the three hours, then obviously that's your 10 times that for the 30 hours. Yeah, but we're doing the butt conditioning today, three yeah. hours worth. Tomorrow is the big challenge day, Haim. Yeah. I believe that our training that we do in the studio today training. is going to have me winning, <laughs> you losing, me with the world record. It's going to be great. Can't wait. All right. Well, good. 
good luck with that. Uh, you're obviously le- leading a delusional life. Uh, oh, yeah. but <laughs> whatever you reckon. <laughs> well, we will keep peddling throughout the show and see how things pan out. Conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theory. It's Tuesday, Conspiracy Theory Tuesday. That day of the week came where you and I take it upon ourselves to peel back the layers of society to have a good hard look at what is really going on here. Because mm-hmm. things, if we've learned anything, are not always as they seem. That is correct. More often than not, yeah. they're not as they seem. Yeah. Now, today, mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about the Denver International Airport. Never been there? Well, well neither have I. Mm. And I probably never will okay. after what I'm about to share with you. So, <laughs> right. the airport opened on March 19th, 1994. And yep. ever since, it's had a lot of conspiracy theories swirling around it. Now, the airport features creepy murals of, like, guns and child soldiers and yeah, right. demonic horses and stuff like really? that. There's even a demonic horse sculpture out the front what? and the sculptor died making it and they continued to finish it off uh, okay, and leave good. it out the front. Yeah, no, that's not good. Yeah, there's a lot of really creepy stuff going on with this airport. So creepy, in fact, that the team from BuzzFeed actually did a deep dive on the airport. Take a quick listen to this. Following our facts, construction of the airport fell 16 months behind schedule and went $2 billion over budget with a final cost of $4.8 billion. Here are some of the theories. In the Denver airport, there is supposedly an underground facility meant to act as an emergency bunker for the global elite, made up of billionaires, world leaders, politicians, and celebrities. All right, we'll never see that. (laughs) Well, yeah, there's this special bunker under the airport. That's what people are saying. Mm. But the main thing is these billions of dollars that the airport went over budget because people are like, well, how could you go billions of dollars? Think about what a billion is for a moment. Yeah. That's a thousand million, isn't it? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, a yep. lot. That, that is, is a lot yes. of money. To go over budget. To go over. Now, there's mm. some other little things that creep people out and say there's definitely some Illuminati stuff going on here. The date that the airport opened, which was March 19th, 1994, mm. if we plus one plus nine plus one plus nine plus oh. nine yep. plus four, which is the numbers in the data opened, yeah, yeah. you get 33, which is the number that represents the highest level that one can achieve in Freemasonry and oh, the Illuminati. Yes. Yeah, right. The $2 billion, people say, <laughs> was made and spent on these underground tunnel systems that lead from thousands of miles away mm. to where the airport is so that people can access this lizard bunker. <laughs> I say lizard bunker because wow. that's what people say the elite are. They're lizards. Yeah. yeah, sure. And you may think, all right, well, the airport hasn't actually acknowledged this, so there's no way it's true. Yeah. Wrong. Last year in 2018, the airport had construction going on. Mm-hmm. And you know how when uh, places have construction, yeah. they put, like, pictures on yeah. the outside? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in the airport's case... They had construction or cover-up, a helmet with a Illuminati symbol on it, yeah. one that said, what are we doing, building or cover-up with a businessman okay. in a lizard, like a business lizard in a suit? Yes. And are we creating the world's greatest airport with the demonic horse? Wow. Mm. Okay. I don't know. No the lady doth protest too much, <laughs> me thinks. Maybe. Good conspiracy theory and definitely worth if you got the coin going to check out the airport in Denver. That's insane. Paris, funerals as a rule, solemn affairs. It's sad you shed tears. Yeah, certainly. Uh, if someone's passed away, that's you, you why you're there. You mourn the loss of 
a loved one. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a guy in Dublin, Shay Bradley is his name, and he was sick for a long time, and he decided, you know what, um, yes, okay, come to my funeral, because uh, he passed away, come to my funeral, uh, and whilst you're there, I'm going to play a little practical joke, I'm going to see if I can go out on a laugh. Well, did he pass away, or are they doing this, like, before he's died, or what's the deal? <laughs> no, he passed away, but what he did was he actually recorded a little something and then he got the uh, the funeral directors to put a speaker down uh, inside his grave. So picture this. Okay. All his family family members and friends are standing around uh, the, the grave site. Mm-hmm. There is a hole. At the bottom of the hole is his coffin. Inside or okay. around the coffin is the speaker and all of a sudden they play this. Hello? 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 Let me out! Let me out! Let me out! Hello? Let me out! Hello? Let me out! Hello? Hello again! Hello? I just called to say goodbye. I'm gonna die, I'm afraid to say. Hello again! Hello? It's hilarious. There's uh, obviously video footage of it as well, and everybody's just laughing, having a good old time. I'm going to pre-record to go. one of those for my funeral. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Well, it is nice as well. Everybody's laughing, yeah. and I, it's one of those moments where you want to laugh, but you want to cry. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, it's good. When it comes to regoing your car, hey, nobody likes to do it. Like, find me one person on this planet who is like, heck yes, it's car rego time, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't exist. No. No one like that Agreed. exists, especially not myself. I've got car rego coming up, absolutely dreading it because when I purchased my car, it came with the 12 months of rego. Yeah, right. Now I've got to rego it for the first time. So what are, you, what are you going, six months to 12 months, or what are you going to do? Well, see, right now in Queensland, you can only do three, six, or 12 months. Yeah, yeah. However, new legislation has come in that motorists in Queensland will now be able to register their car monthly. Oh. So you do a monthly payment, yeah. and then your car rego is done for the next month, and you yeah. do the next payment's yeah. done for the next month. Okay. And, I mean, that's where a, a more practical way to do things mm-hmm. when you don't have bulk cash on you once every three months. I know that people should be saving up for it, but who's doing that when you've got brunch and weekends out <laughs> to attend to? You're not putting your rego money aside, all right? Let's okay. be honest. Okay. The monthly thing works well for me. I'm mm. thinking of going on this monthly plan. Yeah. I don't know what the exact cost is, yeah. so please don't ask me. Okay. But but I do know that the new monthly option will also include a $1.45 surcharge, yeah, right. similar to the extra costs associated with three- and six-month rego periods. Mm-hmm. So it'll be that little bit extra yeah, of course. because they ideally want the you to be registering yeah. for 12 months. Yeah, sure. Will you keep doing your 12 or your six months, or will you switch over to the once-a-month uh, No, I'm a 12-month kind of guy because I like the little bit of a discount that you get. And also, uh, I can understand you doing it maybe if you were thinking, selling your car sometime real soon, but mm-hmm. I have no hope of selling or buying any more cars, so uh, I'll, I'll stick with the 12 Well, months. you know that there was a poll done of 3,000 mm. people and 61% say they would absolutely change to monthly payment options. Really? Yeah, 61% of people. That's insane. That's a lot. Yeah. 13, 12, 16, we want to know... With this new monthly rego thing that's just come in, what will you be doing? Will you stick to the 12 months? Do you mm. think that the one-month thing is stupid? What are your Convenient. opinions? Are you going to be making the switch? 13, 12, 16 is the number. We'd love to know. All right, Bill's on the line. What do you think, mate? Uh, definitely not. Definitely I think not. you're going to find a lot of people are going to go for the monthly option. Yeah. 
and then they're going to forget they've only done it for a month. And then the next thing they'll know, they'll get pulled over by the police because their car's unregistered. Well, do you think that maybe that's part of the plan, that they want to get their quotas up a little bit so they'll be pulling more people over each month going, well, your retro's off by three days. Last time you registered, it was four weeks ago. I think it's just a way for um, politicians to try and earn extra money. Look, for people that are having trouble with doing the rego bit, and I was in this boat not so long ago, I actually found out through registrations that you can actually pay it off through the post office. Oh, oh. I had no idea. I've got a rego in my car. You basically get, like, a card. Yeah. You go into the post office. And I sort of worked out, because I usually do a, a six-month thing. Yeah. Uh, so I worked out what six months was um, over um, a fortnightly period, or like each fortnight. Mm-hmm. Each fortnight I went in, I paid that amount into the account huh. um, over the counter at the post office, and that kept the rego going and going and going until I got into the position I'm in now, where I'm back at work again. And I can go back to doing 12 months, and I reckon 12 months is your best option. I had no idea. Yeah, apparently the post office thing has been around for a long time, but not too many people know about it. Mm. Well, Well, there you go. A few more people know about it now. And it sort of renders the monthly thing useless, because if there's an option for that there, then why wouldn't you be going into the post office, paying it off, because it will essentially turn out cheaper, because, you know, obviously that one-month thing is going to add up and add up and be Mm. more over the six-month period. Thanks for your call. No worries. Well, uh, we, your six months is two hundred and what, nearly three hundred dollars. Yeah. For three months, it's only one fifty. Mm. So, right. you know, if you pay it off, um, then you know it, it helps you, especially if you're sort of not working solidly um, and you need your vehicle. Then the the payoff thing um, over the post office counter is um, a really good option. Yeah, it's a great option because you've still got access to your car, obviously, and you can use that for work or whatever. Mate, thank you very much for the call. We do appreciate it. Hey, it's absolutely no secret at all that I love a bit of Uber Eats. Yes, all right? I get around yeah. takeaway food hardcore. If I haven't gone food shopping, mm. then you're going to catch me on the app spending $40 on something that would have cost 10 if I just went into the shops to get it. Yeah. And last week was no different. I decided to get Uber Eats twice last week, Mm. both times from the same fish and chip shop. Got some hot chippies for my friends and I to feast on on a Sunday, as one does. You know, it's a Sunday hungover. And then once again, later in the week, Mm -hmm. I think it was about Thursday. Now, I did notice that on this second order, something was a little bit different. Mm. And that is that my hot chips came with a pamphlet for the fish and chip shop. Yeah. Now, the fish and chip shop usually doesn't put the pamphlet in. I sort of tossed it to the side. It was no worries. And then later on, I was sitting on the phone, absentmindedly decided to pick it up. And that Mm. was when I looked down at the pamphlet with the menu on it, and Mm. I saw that it had a name and a phone number on it with a love heart. No now, way. I don't know if this was for me or not because, of yep. course, it was an Uber Eats order. Yep. So all they would have had was my name, yes. Paris, of yep. course, but it was a name, yep. a number, and a love heart. Wow. And I haven't rang it. Yeah. So this morning, yes. I want to ring it. Okay. And I've handed over the phone number yeah. to you on the other side of the desk. You want to do it now? Yeah, put it in. Okay, let's do it. Uh... I'm nervous. Who is this person? <laughs> Hello. Hello, who's this? Hi, how's it going? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, oh, that's good. Do you work at a fish and chip shop by any chance? Why is this? 
<laughs> well, oh, should, should we say who we are first? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. This is Hamish from Paris. We're calling from Hit. Last week, I ordered some food from the fish and chip shop that I assume that you work at, mm. uh, and uh, you put your phone number on the pamphlet that came with it. Now, what we're trying to work out, what we're trying it's, to was get... was it the... <laughs> you? And why was the number on there? And who was the number yeah. meant for are the three questions? It, is it a massive G up? Is it somebody else in your workplace just throwing out uh, your phone number for you, thinking that they're doing a massive favour? Or did you know that maybe Paris was going to uh, <laughs> get a, a load of fish and chips? Or what? what? Oh, he's hung up. Okay. <laughs> What are we going to do? I don't know. I don't know what to do now. I uh, didn't expect that to happen Me at all. <laughs> I didn't expect him to hang up. Well, yeah. I guess... Uh, all right. Well, there's your answer. I guess it wasn't uh, me who wanted to get the no, number. He's probably gone, oh, that's not what I was expecting, uh, as it turns out. <laughs> you ever had a few beers with a few mates, gone down to the local pub and just been in your little group, uh, your circle of friends and yeah. gone, you know what? This is great. I love having, having a beer with my mates, but there's only one thing that would make it better, and that is if we were all nude. Absolutely not. <laughs> I can't think of anything worse than my friends seeing me nude. Yeah. We are both never nude, so yeah. this uh, this story disturbs me on so many levels. But there is a pop-up bar uh, who, <laughs> it's uh, it's got to turn up in Sydney real soon, mm-hmm. where essentially you can have a beer in the buff with a few of your mates. Well, do you know what, Haim? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reveal something to you. Mm-hmm. My sister's a nudist. She'd love it. Get out! No! What? That's is, this, real. is this the one that's living overseas at the moment? Yeah, the one is, married to her sugar daddy. Is that why she's, she's also overseas? a nudist? No way! They went and lived in a community. For why a while. am I only learning this now? Well, this is the first time you've brought up nude beers, and I was thinking, well, I don't know where I can go with this personally, <laughs> yes. but I know someone who would love it. Oh my goodness! My very own sister. We've got to get her on the show. That oh is amazing. Gosh. I've got to find out what's going on there. Look, the uh, the pop up bar, if you're thinking about it, is uh, it's going to be called Bottoms Up Sydney. So okay. that's one thing you probably don't want in, uh, whilst drinking beers. It's probably something you don't want to see your sister do either. <laughs> oh, no. No, that's the stuff of nightmares. But I'll pass on the details. For you anyway. <laughs> want more Hamish in Paris? Download the Hit app. This is the show. Want more access to exclusive prizes? Become a VIP at hit.com.au.